Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Club Pro Chatter Season 4, Episode 5. Today's June 8th, 2021. I am joined by a couple of the interns. We'll get them in a little bit here in the Minnesota section. Uh, they're working up in the office. And as always, by Scotty McDonald, Clean Cut McDonald, we call him now. And Kaylee will pop in a little bit. Now, Scott, explain to the viewers what's over your right shoulder, please. It's uh, the the scoreboard for you and I in events this year. Since you nipped me at Craigens, that was your first win uh, against me. And then I got you at the, the great event that John Hatcher had at Onika Ridge. We got to give him props to that. That was a heck of an event. So I nipped you there. So it's 1-1 currently for the season in our head-to-head. -head. Okay. And I, I brought that up to your attention at Onika the other day because it should probably be weighted more for a two-day event. But again, there's a couple other two-day events coming up. And so I don't know. I think we'll be fine if it's just one-to-one. -one. And when is the next time we're competing against each other? Is that Monday here at Eagle Creek? Yeah, back in your backyard. So um, I would maybe, uh, yeah, I give you the advantage. Well, I'm hoping to, but you love that place too. And then Porwell is coming to play as well. That's your buddy. Oh, is he? Yep, he's on the list. He's coming down with uh, Josh Lang, who just signed up. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, so um, anyways, uh, let's uh, dip into some apologies. Uh, Scotty, I believe I started last time, so why don't you uh, uh, tell us what you got? Well, we got to start with one of the big things we talked about last episode. Uh, I, I need to apologize to all our PGA members about our poor performance in the cup matches. Uh, we really, uh, we really didn't, uh, didn't bring it, uh, once again, lost, uh, it's been since 2013 since we won. So I don't know if, remember, what was it? The, the, the Ryder cup task force, Greg, do you need to form a cup matches task force for us to see Talk what about the this issue actually, is? Actually, haven't I? Yeah. Something needs to be done. Yeah. I thought so, you were the guy to lead it, Scotty, but I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> well, we're, it's, it's not for lack of effort. It's, uh, I mean, we just got all played, and that's, that's kind of been the same song and dance. I don't know if, if we just don't uh, place as high of an importance into it or what it is, uh, if we just don't bring it that day. But uh, something has to change. It, it, it's just, uh, it's getting a little old, getting our teeth kicked in. Greg Snow's apologies for lying. Um, I flat out lied on this uh, podcast last time. I said I was playing in the uh, 100 Holes for Hope. And life got turned upside down uh, for me with state tournament action. As you know, Scotty, my daughter won her section. Yep. Uh, she beat her personal best by 14 shots, not cheating. Because as I was watching on the app, I thought it had to be cheating. I mean, th there's no way she shoots 38. She'd never broke, Drew and Colin, seriously, she'd never broke 95. But I think 97 might have been her career low. Shoots 83 day one section. Then one of my players that I coach over at RCW, he made it. And so my two days are completely, which includes Monday. So it's three days. Um, and then I got some, uh, I got an ordeal on Sunday. So I'm not going to be at the Olivia Golf Club for four straight days. And my job is hanging in the balance here on that. And so Scotty has allowed me out of the 100 Holes for Hope. He's going to take care of it there. But I do want to apologize for lying. And I do hope, Scotty, you accept my apology. 
Well, I will accept your apology on one condition. If you donate a, a, a an, an amount for as many birdies as I make. Yes, I'm in on that. Uh, okay, let's see. Hundred holes. You're gonna make. You're gonna make. Thirty birdies. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three bucks a birdie. Ooh. Right here. Love three it. Three bucks a birdie to hundred holes of hope. And Kaylee, can you write that down so that I know? Uh, or is there? Isn't there something I have to do online? To yeah, you can that? fill it. You can fill it out online. Uh, just go to Hundred Holes for Hope and donate on on my page. Um, if if you want, you could uh, you could do Foley and I birdies. Um, I think no, I'm going you, used. Scotty. Okay. Yeah. You. So, um. Yeah. I think thirty's a little aggressive, but with a two p automatic two putt. Uh, you, there's there's a good chance. Uh, I'd say between twenty and thirty is a good goal. Scott, you're gonna have thirty birdies without even trying. I mean, you remember I shot sixty two that one round. Yeah, I do. I do. I remember. So Drew and Colin, I'm a terrible golfer compared to Scotty, and these it's a birdie if you get it within the length of the pin, and so I can do that. And we played at about fifty eight hundred yards. So Scotty's going to make 30 birdies. I wanted to give somewhere near a hundred bucks. And, uh, but I think it also will motivate you to not be terrible out there and to yes. play better than you did a couple years ago when we played together. Yes. No, I will. I will try hard because I love getting money out of your pocket. That's right. And it goes to a great cause. We're supporting yes. the veterans. A uh, hundred holds for hope is a great cause. It's something that you and I were part of the first one. We loved it. And it's been a tough fit on my schedule ever since, but uh, you know, hey, that's life, right? Yes. All right, state of the section, Kaylee Ekstrom. Get on in here, girl. Bring us some stuff. Fire it. Well, it's a huge weekend coming up in the Minnesota PGA section as we have tape marked this weekend. So it is back in June. It's the 50th year. So there's going to be a lot of fun things happening at Southview Country Club this coming weekend. Scotty, it's so big that Tone Polito decided to not join us today for the podcast. Well, he's got a lot going on. There's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of moving parts, as you know, hosting in pro-ams over the years with 50 plus teams in this event. There's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of handicaps to track down and, and they have to also uh, pair pros with AMs and, and, you know, some business owners want to play in the morning, play in the afternoon. So there's a lot of coordination that goes into into this event, maybe more so than any event we have all year. So he's, he's totally. busy. And I think he, what's that? Well, yeah, the pro auction ended this morning. Oh, who went for the most? What did Scotty go for? I wasn't, I, I was I, was I mean, th that would be something we'd have to ask Tom, but he's so busy putting together all the pairings. We'll get that on the next podcast. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Good stuff. So All besides right. tape, Mark, I mean, our summer truly is kicking off because we have interns in-house. So I am so happy to introduce Colin and Drew, who have come on. They've been on for a couple of weeks. They have the senior open under their belt. But like I said, this coming week, we really need them. And uh, they're great members of our team. So how about you guys introduce yourself? Yeah, well, like Eddie said, my name is Drew Streeter. I grew up in Anoka, Minnesota, so not far from where we're at in Bunker Hills, but yeah, it's been about two and a half, two weeks now, and it's been great so far, so. 
Go ahead, Colin. Yep. All right. Uh, my name's Colin Huffman, and um, I grew up in New Orleans, Minnesota. Um, started golfing pretty young. Uh, ran through the junior tour stuff when I was little. Um, played some high school golf, a tiny bit of college golf, and um, actually interned under Carla for the junior PGA um, two summers ago. And I liked that. And I figured I'd try it again here at the PGA. So um, yeah, two weeks in, like Drew said, and so far it's going well. Scotty, I got to start. I got to, I got to. No, I, it was going to be me. Oh, I know what you're going to ask and you're going to take my question. You go ahead. You can ask. You can ask. Okay. I'll do it. Now, Colin, your dad is Tim, correct? That's correct. Now you just told me you got your hair cut. He cut did it. Did your dad <laughs> cut your hair? Cause he was a barber. He did cut my hair. Yes. <laughs> He's the only one who's ever cut my hair actually. Scotty, I knew you were going to ask that, weren't you? Well, I will tell you this, Colin. We talked to your dad about offering kind of a lesson haircut package yeah. at the New Alm Country Club. I think it would go over great, you know, 30-minute lesson, 30 minutes in the in the chair, and he gets you cleaned up. Yeah, totally. absolutely. Now, Drew, I grew up in St. Francis, Minnesota, just yeah. north of you. What part of Anoka are you from? Now, break it down for me. I used to drive Domino's, so I know that area pretty good. Well, I'm actually not from Anoka. I'm from Ramsey. So I grew up, I'm, I'm right by Rum River Hills Golf Course, right by. Even better. Yeah. So. So, Drew, Rum River was my first golf course as a junior. Me too. And the same, Tillette is the same pro. He was my pro. I'm 46 years old. How are you? Are you 21? 22. 22. So Tillette's been your pro your whole life, right? Yep. So did you grow up on that course? Yeah, I probably started playing there when I was probably six years old. And I would, I, I was in their junior program too, because I know their junior membership is pretty cheap. So I would go up there quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> the old Rum River. Do so you Drew, that's, to... that's Scott's that? favorite tournament of the year, by the way, Drew. Which tournament is that? The Rum River Hills Pro-Am. Oh, yeah, sure. That's right. So, Drew, one of my favorite tee shots of the year is always the tee shot on 18 at Rum River. Yes. Yeah. You know, you just, you're either going to hit it in that one guy's backyard or you're going <laughs> to yep. have about 160 in on a par, par five. Yeah, it's a fun uh, one. No, you know, rum's got rum and uh, New Ulm have a lot of simu similarities. Shorter, some gettable par fives, but also yeah. some uh, some sneaky difficult holes like uh, number seventeen, where you got to hit it down in the valley and then you're hitting it up to that elevated yeah. green. How about yeah, how yeah. about this, Scott? How about number thirteen at New Ulm and number eighteen at Rum River being almost identical holes? But the yep. opposite ways. That so, is very true. So, Colin, you're 13, which you know, hard yep. dog leg left, take a oh, five yeah. wood up over and hook it, right? Yeah, I think snap hook is the best play if you're a righty, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so the course Drew grew up on, I don't know if you've ever played Rum River, but it is literally, you got to tell your teammates, this is the tree you hit over. And yes, that fence. And they, <laughs> they can't, they can't get their arms around it. Yeah. That's, that's, that, those are spitting images going the opposite direction, Greg. That's a good, uh, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. 
So Drew, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your golf career and where it was and how you got to be an intern here with, uh, with us at the section. Yeah. So uh, like I said, I played golf while I was young for quite a while and then I stopped playing for a while. Um, but once I was a freshman in high school, I started to take it seriously. Um, and then my senior year of high school golf, I played in the state tournament at Bunker. Um, now I, I play on the club team at Iowa State, um, but don't get to play as much as I used to. So my game isn't as quite as good as it used to be. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Have you ever eagled big boy? Is that 18 at Rum? No, big boy is in Ankeny or in Ames, Iowa at Vinker National. I think it's called <laughs> the name has changed. Since no, then. that's number yeah. seven. It's a par five. Arnold Palmer nicknamed it big boy. Number seven. It's a par five downhill. And then it, you hit to an island kind of, and then you got to bomb it over that next creek. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not eagled that whole no. talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Have you I, ever eagled it? Not that one, no. I love Vegas, Scotty. These guys are these these guys are great. I love these golf courses that they've played. Yeah, yeah Vegas, Vegas, I've played I've played a lot. I don't know. Have you ever birdied big boy, Greg? No. That's a better <laughs> question. <laughs> Same question for you, Colin. Tell us uh, where you started with golf and I know your dad's a pro, I get it, but yeah, yeah. like my son, he's runs from golf. Okay. Um, yeah, so my dad did get me into golf pretty young. I had a sing swing in the plastic clubs in the yard. So, um, and then loved it the whole way through, played in junior stuff in New Ulm, um, did some of the par three junior, junior tour stuff with a few friends when we were like uh, nine and 10, um, and then did the older junior tour stuff once we could drive again. Um, and then from there played high school golf, seventh grade through 12th grade. Um, and then went to uh, Minnesota State Mankato and tried to play golf there. I got in two tournaments, um, but mostly rolled the pine. Uh, but I still had a good, it was still a good time there. It was, it was great. Um, and yeah, now I don't know. Like Drew said, it's hard to hard to keep the game in shape when you don't play as much. But it's, it's all right. I can get it around all right every once in a while. So, Scotty, I've never heard the term "rolled the pine." For golf before no, you. I know. <laughs> Me neither. No, what are what are most of those benches out on the golf courses? Are those cedar? They're probably not fine. No, they got that nice laminate on them. So yes, yes, yeah. It's all recycled plastic now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so good Kaylee deal. Are you guys to something there? She's kind of ran from the game for a little bit. Her dad's a golf pro, but you're back, Kaylee. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're not playing, but. No, I mean, when growing up, my main concern when I was going to go visit my dad in the clubhouse was how many chicken tenders I could get after we played hide and seek in the basement. So that's where my golf game was at. All right, Kaylee, got any more state of the section for us or? Not today. We have, you know, big, big events coming up. So we're all getting ready for all of those things. All right. Well, we're going to test Drew and Colin right here. Scotty, I had something happen to me the other day. Again, it just, it's, it's unbelievable. These things just pop up. And so they're filling in for tone on the rules and we'll see what they got. So I'm on number 11 at Eagle Creek, which Scotty's going to play next Monday. And the kid is, I couldn't tell if he's on the fringe 
or if he was just on the green. And I'm not even sure it matters, but you two are going to help me with this. So I'm kind of talking to Roger Lindahl from Benson. You know, we're wondering who's going to go eat the next donut because, I mean, he's a big dude and I'm, I'm not small. And, you know, we're talking about that. All of a sudden, the kid looks back at me. His ball is a foot and a half to the right of where it was a moment ago. And they all look at me because I'm the rules guy, right? In the in this deal. So I'm there and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh no, was he on the green? Was he not? And I go, I think I know the rule, but I called Tony immediately. So talk me through that, you guys. Either one of you, who whichever wants to take it, he practiced stroked and hit the ball a foot to the right with his putter. What do we got? So actually, it will matter where he was on the course. Um if that ball was on the green, he will replace that ball and there's no penalty. But if he was on the fringe, um, then he's going to replace that ball and it's going to be one stroke penalty. Um, so the rule de is depending on where you are on the course, if you're on um, the teen area or the green and you accidentally cause your ball to move, um, you will replace it and there is no stroke uh, penalty for that. Um, if you are anywhere else on the course except for the green or the teen area, um, then you will replace that ball and you will get a one-stroke penalty. Replace it. Drew, anything to add there? No, I think he pretty much summed up everything that I had. Um, not much else to add. I guess, yeah, it, it really comes down to you said you don't know if the ball was on the fringe of the putting green, so I guess that would be up to the group to decipher where the ball was exactly. Okay, we might have messed that ruling up. I, they told us afterwards that he was on the green and I, I thought he was on the fringe. Um, so when I called tone, I didn't have a, a real distinct uh, deal there. The good news is it didn't affect the kid um, for their team or for him individually making it to a state tournament. Scotty, have you ever done that in a practice swing? Well, um, I have on the putting green, which, you know, when you're doing your, if you do practice putting strokes, that putter usually gets a little close and sometimes you're looking at your line and, and I've done it not, not any time in the last, I can't remember the last time I did it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's happened on the, and, and you, you know, you hit it off the tee on accident a right, lot of times, right? Yep. Maybe not with a practice swing. But look at what wasn't it Zach Johnson uh, at the yep. Masters a couple of years ago on 13. He took a practice swing and it and hit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the most uh, memorable or memorable one that I can think of. So yeah. Drew or Colin, have you guys ever done that in a meet or in a in a in something that was important where you practice swing even with a five iron and you were so close that you nipped the ball? Luckily, I have not. No. I actually did do, I did do it once uh, back in a junior tour event, uh, but that was when the rule on the green um, was the same as everywhere else, where if you did move it, um, you had to replace it and take a stroke. So uh, unfortunately, that did happen to me once. I was setting up for a putt, and I uh, wiggled my putter a little too much, and it moved the ball about three inches forward. So, Oh, well, I do love how the rules have changed to be more yeah. player-friendly. Absolutely. And kind of put, I, I always tell people this intent is a big deal. Now we got talking about the double hit the other day. And then somebody tried to show me like, would this be legal? Well, they whiffed on the second one, you know, they kind of popped it up and then they tried to hit it again and okay. they whiffed. But I was like, no, if you intend to hit it twice, 
that's a penalty, but yeah. that's one for down the road. But yeah, those are more embarrassing, I guess, than the penalty. It's like, um, <laughs> I can't believe I just did right. that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you so much. We're glad to have you as part of our team here on the section. Uh, make Tone's jobs easier. That's Absolutely. all I would ask, you know, as a, you know, I'm a pseudo board member. I don't get to a lot of meetings, but um, <laughs> I, I think that's a good goal for you guys. And uh, it's a lot of fun, I think, working here. So we're glad mm -hmm. to have you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Thanks, guys. Nice, nice meeting you both. You. Yeah. Yep. We'll see you this weekend at the tape, Mark. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Busy weekend. All right, oh, Kaylee, yeah. hop back on here. I want to I want to go through something real fast before we talk tape, Mark. I got something right here that is of importance to me uh, as a guy who uh, who's leading in these predictions. Oh, gosh. So, uh, so I won the Masters. We talked about that. And uh, so I kept tabs of what happened here at the PGA. And Kaylee, you had Zalatorius, Rory, and Matsuyama. And we agreed that we would do it by total money. Well, all three of your players made the cut, Kaylee. They actually played pretty well. <laughs> Delatorius made 263K. Rory made 24. And Matsuyama made 100. So your total was 388,697 bucks. Scotty, uh, you didn't do quite as well. You only had two make the cut. Uh, you had DeChumbo, who uh, 42,000. And then uh, Jonathan Rahm, Mr. COVID, 263. So your total was 305. So you finished in last place, Scotty. And then Tone had Spieth, Hovland, and Finau, but all three of his made the cut. And uh, his grand total was 382500 So, Kaylee, uh, right now you're in the lead. But then we go to my team, and I had, uh, I had Dustin Johnson, missed cut. Uh, Justin Thomas, missed cut. Uh, but then I had this guy named Brooks Kepka, who, uh, who finished second, because nobody had Phil Mickelson, who won. And my guy Kepka won 1.056 million, which means that I won by almost $700,000. Um, so two and zero to me. And uh, just wanted to get your guys' comments on that. Well, could you get a calculator and see if R three's total added up to yours? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're close. That's <laughs> close. Um. Well. Good work on the Kepka pick. I'm, I'm a, I think if we all would have had 10 picks, I don't know if any of us would have picked Phil Mickelson. Were, Kaylee, were you thinking Phil at all? I mean, it's like one of the guys that I know his name, so he probably would have been higher on my list because I know his name. <laughs> right. So the reason why I didn't think Phil very – I mean, I, he would have been in a draft, I would have picked him maybe third round or something – because, you know, if we, if we had 16 teams, because when there's wind and the, the golf course is a lot about the driver, it just didn't seem to fit for me, for him. But, I mean, the stats didn't show that he, that he drove overpowered or, drove, uh, you know, or hit so many fairways that he won that way. I mean, he, was, he only hit like 56% of the fairways. It was really weird. Chambly was even saying, he goes, I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of where stats lie. And Phil, I think, just capitalized on the times that he did hit the fairway. And uh, we got to take our hat off to him. I was cheering hard for him, Scotty. I don't know about you, but I want him to win because I knew I'd win this pool if Brooks <coughs> just stayed close. So 
I, I think for golf, it was great. Uh, I mean, this is a game that you can play for your entire life and look at, you've got a 50, almost 51 year old hitting bombs out there and, and winning and ma- becoming the oldest major champion. So how can it not be a great story for golf? I don't know if you guys saw the TV ratings, but they were really, really good, way stronger than um, September when, you know, Morikawa won. Granted, there weren't fans and, and, uh, but yeah, the numbers blew like the NBA playoffs out of the water. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. My buddies made mention of that too. And I had to quickly remind them that a PGA tour Sunday is going to always be the game three of the yes. NBA playoffs, especially like round one. round. Yeah. Or the play in round. Right. So again, I didn't take a lot of stock in that, but my, my friends who hate the NBA, they were quick to point that out. So could you start something over your left shoulder, Scott, that says snow two, Ekstrom zero, Polito zero, McDonald zero. We're going to keep it blank for right now. We'll okay. think about it uh, and we'll see what happens after the U.S. Open. We can maybe just keep your, uh, your name up there because you're now undefeated. Uh, I well, do we, have some- I- I do want to talk about that here after, you know, at the end of the show, because we're going to do some U.S. Open predictions. And I do want to uh, figure out what format you guys want to use. You're obviously not happy with with I did total strokes the first time and now total money. And it seems like all these formats are favoring me, Kaylee. So yeah, maybe you can think me. about that. Maybe you can think about that while we talk about tape mark of, of what format we want to use for U.S. Open. Maybe we should do something with missed cuts. Because I obviously can't pick the right guys that way. I mean, maybe <laughs> if they make the cut, they get a point. They finish top 25, a point, whatever, whatever. I'll let you figure that out, Scotty. All right, let's move on to tape mark. Big week for us, Scott. Huge week for the section. Um, this is the second one that we've run. Is that correct? Yes. 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 I think we, the three years, I mean, we've always Dare, uh, I remember even back when Darren DeYoung was running stuff that they were a part of Shelley, uh, and Vincent, right? I'm sorry, I go back to that far. I'm and where are you right now? So they always help, but last, what's that? You were cut again. Oh, I'm sorry, I got bad no. connection here in my office. So, anyways, no, um, okay, so I, I, I think back to this is, I think three years ago, it was kind of like you're taking over, so let's start doing this together. And then last year was the first complete. Am I? Am, is my math right on that? So, you're correct. So, Scotty, what are some of the big differences with us just being helpers and then us totally taking over the tape mark? Uh, you know, there's not – the event itself has stayed the same. It's three days. It's 54 holes uh, there's a team cut after 36 it's 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 usually around 50 to 55 teams the last couple because they've been in the fall and the days are shorter have been smaller with covid and then the other year it was in the fall but i think just overall it has a uh, you know tone and vincent prior do a great job of running the event we've got we've got a lot of pga representation it's nice to see, you know, Deutsch and Manthus out there and, you know, all our interns. So 
I, to be honest, I don't think it's, it's changed a lot. There's not many differences other than, you know, the brandings, you know, Minnesota PGA versus it just used to be tape mark. So it, it, it was a great event before it's a great event now. So what, you know, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of the old adage, right? Kaylee, from a staff perspective, what are some of the, um, what are some of the day-to-day things that have really, I mean, obviously tone is got to do a ton of, I mean, Scotty, we've run pro-ams ourselves, little smaller scale. We know how much work those are. So what are some of the things you're seeing around the office of, in regards to the tape, Mark? Yeah. I mean, it, especially versus last year, um, that was the first time tone and I had ever seen tape Mark. So it was a little weird because of COVID where this year we're really getting a true understanding of how the event is run in the middle of the summer. And then with all of kind of the precautions lifted. Um, so, I mean, Tone and I talked about, we're literally talking like maybe three times an hour on like, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna plan this? How does this look good? Um, it's really important to us to have a lot of awareness about other businesses that are supporting Tate Mark and who's involved. Um, so, I mean, we're putting out signs everywhere across the entire golf course of who's a part of the whole program. Have you guys been on site a bunch already, Kaylee? Uh, not yet, but I mean, this week we'll probably be living at Southview for the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, move office over there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Scotty, what's a what's a good winning score, you think, for, uh, for the pro? And then uh, throw out a team. I mean, you've played in this a bunch. What's a, what's yeah. a winning score look like? So I, I, I pulled up uh, past results and it really all depends on the, the year, but usually uh, as a pro in three rounds, you're going to have to get the double digits. I think the lowest score that I see is Don got it to 16 one year in 2014. Jeff Sorensen got it to 16 one year in 2009. So you think about it, that's, you know, five under a round. And you've played Southview and there's birdies, but it's not like it's, if you get in the right. wrong spot, it's not like it's easy. Um, and then on the, the AM and in the team game, I think traditionally, if you're between 50 and I mean, 60 under, you're going to be in the hunt. Again, it depends. Think about it. The format, Greg, is two of four. You think about consistently, you know, if handicaps are fair, that if you have a great day, you can sure you can shoot 18 to 24 under two or four yep. if you're meshing, but you're not going to do that every single day. So I think 18 under a day, 54 under is going to be in the mix most years. Scotty, what um, uh, I, I think we found this at Anika Ridge the other day, you know, you see a yardage and you think, let's go deep. Winning score was one under par for three guys. What are some of the nuances of Southview that make it so that it isn't um, like, I, I agree with you. I think you could shoot six over and feel like you didn't play that bad and shoot two under and, and maybe feel like you didn't play that great. I mean, what are some of the nuances about Southview that you found that intrigue you? Well, I just, I think the key is three clubs. It's the driver, it's wedges and it's the putter. Um, because if you're driving it well, especially with the par fives, all four of them are reachable. 
So if you put it in play, you know, four, you've got a short iron in. If you can hit it down that speed slot, six, you can run into that hill, but still, you can still get inside of 200 yards. Uh, 17, you can, you can have inside of 200 yards. And some guys that really bomb it, like the younger guys, they can carry that hill and catch it. They can get it down there to like 160 in. And 18 is not super long. But all of those, you know, 17 and 18 both have trouble left out of bounds. So you can't miss it. And then the other holes, it's, it's a lot of wedges because not, there's not a ton of other than 16. There's, I don't know if there's another par four over 400 yards. So you're not going to have long irons in. Uh, I mean, five, the par three can play long, but more times than not, you're going to have wedges. So if you're wedging it well and you're putting well and driving it well, those are the keys. And then just, just to piggyback off that, if you want a historical just reiteration, Don Barry's won it seven times and he's one of the straightest drivers. He's one of the best wedge players ever in the section. And if he gets it rolling with the putter, there you go. There's the recipe. So Scotty break Jack Nicholas always used to say at Augusta that if you went even on the par threes, he'd win. And uh, I, I feel like Southview may be a similar deal, but I don't know where they put all the tees on that because I know a couple, the two par threes on the front nine are, are quite tough. Um, so, so break down the par threes for me. Yeah. So two, they will never have you on that back box. Two plays anywhere from the front yardage 160 to the back yardage 180. So it's never going to play that as long as that back tee that can be like 220. So two plays up, five is, is on that normal box. So you're going to have 200 yards in. To a back pin, it's even more. Um, so that's five. And then you go to 10, which is 10 is probably 160 to the front, 180 to the back. And then you go to uh, 13. 13, you know, is 150. And then you go to 15, and that's not on that back box either. That's always on the front box, so it plays okay. about 150. So the par threes, you know, we play in that, uh, uh, what is the Stifle Cup in the fall every year at Southview, and we play it all the way back. Tape mark's way different because the par fives and number four, you do not use that back tee box on four. That way back one on the other side of the cart path, you're always on the up box, so it's like 470. And uh, again, on 17, you're not way back on that back box. You're always up. You're on the same tees as the Ams, which I think is great. Well, that's uh, that's awesome, buddy. I, I've yet to ever play in the tape, Mark. I've, I've always I've said this numerous times. It's a it's a great three day commitment. And I applaud those of you who can. We're at what did you say? 50 teams, Kaylee? Is that where we're at right now? Yeah, around there. And that's capped, right? I mean, especially at this point. I mean, there, you don't want to add any teams now, but was that the number we were shooting for? Yep. 50 for 50 years. And I do have the auction results. I didn't oh. text phone for their tone for them, but Here I we got go. them. I'm going to give you <clears throat> everybody that went for over a thousand. <clears throat> you want me and, and Kaylee to guess? Um, well, I will say one thing that Ross Miller, who's won two out of the last three, is out this week. He oh. qualified for a Corn Ferry Tour event, so he's playing in the Corn Ferry Tour instead of the tape mark. Okay. Always just played well in it. So that's uh, that's a big uh, player that isn't in the field. 
So over a thousand. Uh, let's see. I'm going to just start. If there's 50 players. Let's not guess. Okay, so go ahead. We'll start from a thousand. So a thousand. Sam Matthew. Um, mini tour played well last year. Uh, I think yeah, he finished in the top ten last year. Plays out at North Oaks. Twelve hundred dollars. Ryan Helmanen, four-time yep. winner. Yep. Jeff Sorensen, past champion. And uh, Don Barry, seven-time champion. Are these and all twelve hundred bucks? These are all twelve hundred bucks. Okay. And last, uh, the a gopher who just turned pro and won the golf champions last year. I think Thomas he won Campbell. the state open. No, just turned pro. Kaylee knows. <laughs> yeah, I do. Who is it? Angus Flanagan. Angus Flanagan. Mm -hmm. In I think if I if I'm not mistaken, I think this is his first professional event. Yeah, I'm nice. So, so and then at 1400 and he's been playing very well in pro-ams and also this this event has a big north oaks presence so i think that's helped as well grant shafransky 1400 dollars. yeah so that was that's he was the highest one so six people over a thousand dollars in the auction and how much money was raised scotty uh, let me see. I, I don't know if they've tabulated it all yet, but, uh, it looked like there was quite a few guys and, and gals cause you know, Lisa Grimes is in the field and you can, oh, sure. uh, you could buy them in the auction. I would have to imagine if there were 30, I mean, probably, I don't know, 25,000, which That's is awesome. pretty impressive. Yeah. So, well, any closing comments about the tape mark, you guys, that uh, you can think of, or anything you want to add to our section? And, um, you know, uh, yeah, now's our chance. I, mean, I just, I just say, Kaylee, uh, get some rest to uh, the next couple of days because it's going to be a long three days for you. Yep, I'm already starting to try and drink water, as if it could carry over. Yes, it's going to be hot. Yeah. That's good. I'll get a good golf tan line. There you oh, go. Yes. Make sure you wear the same outfit each day. Yeah. That's important as to those tan lines. My daughter's team wore a sleeve. No. Longer sleeve the first day. And then the next day they wore a sleeveless one. And it was, it was comical, <laughs> you know, to see those distinct lines over there. So I thought that was hilarious. All right. Tape mark 50 for 50. Scotty, I hope you play well there, buddy. I always Thank you. an extension of me. You're one of my good friends. I try to beat you every time we play, but I think that's part of the nature of friendship. Uh, but I don't think these guys uh, like each other. Uh, and that's Brooks and Bryson. Um, I don't get the sense that they want to beat each other because they like each other and they're going to hang out. I, I don't, I don't get that at all. Matter of fact, I go the other way and I'm finding it hard to see Scotty that, um, um, that people out there can see both sides of it. I think it's kind of like a magic Larry Bird deal. You're either one or the other. I, I, I just, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I'm sensing. What do you think? Well, I think, uh, I think it's a little bit like uh, the old uh, WWF. I think there's 
there's some of that that it's just kind of pumping it up, especially remember how the tour now has those incentives for social media interaction. Do you think there's a little bit behind the scenes saying, hey, let's start a feud and uh, we can make a little bit more money? I don't with those two because they're both loaded. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I, I, I think they couldn't be more different, right? Oh. You've, got, you've got Bryson who literally is calculated and doing everything by a certain way. And then you've got Brooks who's sponsored by Mick Ultra and would rather probably be at the pool hanging out with his girlfriend than he would playing in any regular tour event. Now, majors are different, but they're just, the way they go about their approach is totally, totally different. So I do a podcast with my buddy, Todd Bergeth, and, you know, we're part of that sponsorship team for the KWLM Pro-Am. And yep. we're on opposite pages here. Him and I are totally opposite. I look at Bryson as he's a rules guy. He follows the rules, meaning uh, if the air density is whatever the number and the wind is at this, then here's the shot. And here's what I hit. It's a rule that he follows. It's analytics, whatever you want to call it. Yep, yep. Bryson is a give me the seven iron. I mean, I'm sorry, Brooks. Brooks is a give me the seven iron. And his yep. caddy says, this caddy says, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I look back at that ant. Do you ever see that ant story, Scotty, with the two of them? That Bryson no. got relief from the ants and then the fire ants. And then yep, the yep. next day, Brooks Kepka hits it in almost the identical spot, looks at his caddy and he goes, oh, I got ants here. And his caddy starts to walk over and Brooks looks up and he goes, just kidding. And it was like, <laughs> it was so unbelievable. So whose side are you, Scott McDonald? Who are you on? I think they're both a little ridiculous. What? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I respect the way that Bryson plays the game. Uh, he's doing something that's totally different than anybody's ever done. The way that he's changed it with distance and numbers and. I mean, there's been other people who have been doing this, but not to the extent to where he's kind of changed the game. But I also respect, uh, I have a ton of respect for the way Brooks is and how he can bring his game to just levels when he's not even 100% and he almost wins the PGA Championship. So I don't, if you had, if, if you had to make me pick, I'm a Nike guy, I'm picking Brooks every time. Okay. So that's the thing is I, I personally lean towards the Brooks, you know, me, Scotty, again, if, if the rules uh, don't say whether we can wear pants or shorts, I wear shorts. Um, you know, other people are like, Oh, I, I didn't know if we could. And I'm like, I don't care to ask. I, that's just what I'm doing. You know? Yeah. So that's where I kind of lean to the Brooks stuff. And yeah. also you can tell, but that's kind of my style too, of I'm not going to sit there and overanalyze wind or, or those things. I do like to think about a shot of hair, but I, I'm just not that guy. And so, yeah, the Bryson stuff drives people like me a little bit crazy because they're the most calculated overanalyzers in the world. And I'm not. And again, I don't have a problem with people who like that side. I just don't tend to associate myself with those people. Is that fair? Yeah, no, it is. There's, there's certainly people that play an analytical game and there's people that are feel and Brooks is definitely feel and 
Bryson's definitely numbers, right? Yeah. So and right, that's the way that's the way you play too, is feel. Yeah, I'm a field guy that doesn't play great, but that's okay. I'm kind of like Lumpy. You know, I'm, I'm that guy. Although he's, uh, I saw he had a pretty good tournament on the Champions Tour. Let's move to John Rahm. Um, first thoughts when you heard the news and he got, uh, he had to withdraw after the third round of Memorial. Your first initial thoughts, what were they? Uh, uh, how would you like to be uh, running a race and being... Uh, a, a six mile let, let's just no it's a mile race let's just say you're running a mile race and you've ran three laps and you literally have a lap lead and they say you can't you can't keep running that's what it, he had a six shot lead and if he would have shot five over on Sunday he still would have won by one which the way he was playing there was no way he was shooting five over right so I, I just feel, and Rom's done some things that it's, it's, I'm not the biggest Rom fan. He, it's, it's, he seems like he's getting better, but it's just, it's, it shouldn't happen that you can 1.7 million. You pretty much just took out of John Rom's pocket, but I will say, why wouldn't you just get the vaccine and then it wouldn't even be an issue. That's a if, take. I've heard if, that. If you just were vaccinated, they don't get tested. Right. So it's, and who knows what everybody's belief is on this. We don't need to get political or anything, but no. he's also got a newborn in the house. And who knows if that factored into why they didn't get the vaccine and whatnot. So. Okay. So here's, here's my initial thought was, I thought we were done with this. That was my initial yes. thought. My second initial thought was, can, is there a way we can figure this out? Oh, let me preface it, Scotty. I am not a John Rom fan at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Um, I don't like how he acts on the course. I don't like how he, how he conducts his business. Um, even though people say I got a John Rom swing, you know, it's still not something yes. that's not a guy that I just have a lot of respect for. Now, I will say, after saying all that, of, I thought they could figure out a way to have him play and get his win but i know the policies are the policies and i do understand that some people are caught in the rules and you have to live by the rules and they are what they are which goes back to your point of then just get the vaccination i mean but we can't push that on people so then he has to live by the rules and the consequences saying all that i will say this he handled it not at the exact moment because that's a that was emotional but afterwards he handled it like a champion and i got i got a little more respect for him and then I got thinking, Scotty, what happens if that was Tom Hogue or somebody else that was way down the money list that doesn't have this big bank account, that doesn't have sponsors lined up left and right, that doesn't have his schedule made for the next two, two years? What happens if it was one of those guys? I mean, now you're talking a life-changing decision. It was not with John Rahm. He can handle the $1.67 million taken from his pocket. That's not a big deal to John. But a Tom Hogue, and again, I use him because he's kind of one of us, uh, somebody like that, you know, that you sit back and go, oh, my, six-shot lead, and he's about to change his life for the next two years and then some, and he has to withdraw because he was tested positive for something that he's not even sick from. Yeah, and that, that, that's a really good point that uh, John Rahm, the, I will say this, the way that he handled himself afterwards – 
probably earned him 1.7 million with sponsors because he handled it. He said the right things, but you're totally right. John Rahm, he's going to make millions. He's going to be out there unless he gets hurt for 25 years. He's a talent. He's going to be a number one player in the world. So it isn't that big of a deal, but still a win's a win. But yeah, if it was somebody that just got in, uh, there's 120 players in the field, somebody 120 on the money list or wherever that really needed it, it would have been a totally different story. And that would have just, I, I mean, that would have been it, it, terrible. So I guess if you could say, if it could happen to one person that it, it maybe it, it's John Rahm that it didn't really affect that much. Of that leaderboard, I would agree. That was the least, uh, you know, Colin Morikawa is going to make plenty of money. Cantley's done pretty well. And then I look at Scotty Scheffler, he's doing just fine. And then after that, nobody was really that close. So yeah, uh, the effects uh, dribble down and I hope the tour actually starts updating because that was an antiquated rule, I think back in, you know, last year. And so it's now yeah. time to start. Everybody's changing, Scotty. Everybody's moving their rules. Today at the county meeting for us, we took all the tape off the chairs. We told people, come back in and sit. Come back to our meetings if you want to. It's fine. It's not a big yeah. deal. We're not asking them if they're vaccinated or not, because we are. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, it's... Uh... It, I, I found it very interesting that uh, Vegas paid out John Rahm as a winner. What? Yeah. All their tickets? Yeah. So what did they do with Cantley? I don't know it, what they did, but Rom they paid out as a winner. That's interesting. Somebody asked me about that. That is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to U.S. Open. Uh, you know, they talked about John Rom not playing. He's going to play. It's 10 days Wednesday. Don't worry about him. He's yes. going to play. We don't have to worry about that stuff. Even if he gets sick this week, he'll be back. He's not telling anybody he's going to get sick. So we can pick him. So, Kaylee, if you want to hop back on, if you're if you're still with us, which it looks like you are, uh, how do you guys – I'm going to ask the people, the people that are 0-2, uh, how they want these predictions to go. I, I, I'm thinking if we each take five players and just the winner, and then if nobody has the winner, um, then whoever has second place. What do you guys think? I feel more confident. Five players. That's what I'm um, feeling. What you, because we have no tone, so it's only 15. It, sounds, it works for me, yes. Okay, here we go. All right, Kaylee, we're going to start with you, even though you finished second place, because we love you. And then we'll mm -hmm. go Scotty, and then we'll go Snow. And now we're going to – I have to tip the scales because I want to really help you guys. We'll just keep doing it in that rotation. So you get the first pick of each round, Kaylee. Scotty, you'll get the second pick. All right, start us off, Kaylee. Here we go. I'll go Brooks. <laughs> oh, I love it. I thought you were going to take Will for sure. No. Okay, Scotty. Uh, Dustin Johnson. All right. Um, dumb pick, but I'm nostalgic, so I'll take Mickelson. I don't think that's a dumb pick. He plays well at Torrey. I'm, I know. I, I'm a little nostalgic. He missed the cut in uh, the year that tired, 2008. 
Yeah, but he always plays well out there in the, you know, the farmers. He's won he does that. do pretty well, but that thick, rough. Well, we'll see. Kaylee, who do you got? Justin Rose. Like that pick. Oh, Scotty. Um, DeShambo. You always pick him. It's a big golf course. You just, you know, we played guy. it. You know, you we played him. it. Okay, uh, a lot of good players left for me. So I'm going to go with uh, Morikawa. Kaylee. Hideki. You love Hideki. I do. Excuse me. Matsuyama. Okay, not a bad pick. Scotty? Um, Tony Finau. I was thinking of him, actually, because I like the big ballpark for him, too. I'm not going to do it because you'll make fun of me. So I'm going to wait on him. If he's left at the end, I'll take him. But I'm going to now take. Mm. Oh, boy, this is a toughie for me. I'm going to take Paul Casey. Okay. Um, Abraham answer. And Kerr. Abe answer. Hmm. Okay, Scotty. Yeah, I'm trying to see who hasn't been picked yet. Well, there's a lot of guys. We only have uh, uh, ten off the board right now. Has anyone picked? Uh, we're just talking about him. Rombo? No, nobody's picked him. I, I think he's all he's going to be doing is hanging out at the golf course. Well, that's what they said, that he won't be out practicing. I go, I don't think you guys understand. That's all he's going to do. He's going to yeah. be outside the next 10 days. He's not going to care. It, again, he's just not going to be around anybody. All right, you do it, you guys. I wasn't going to pick him, but I'll do it now. Justin Thomas. You baited me right into it. Okay, Kaylee, your last pick. Jordan Speed. Speed. Jordan Speed. All right, Scotty. Let's see here. Uh, Xander. Seems like I've picked him every week. Yeah, you picked the Shambo and Xander every time. Um, I'm going to go with the past U.S. Open champion here. It's a risky pick. I'm going to go with Gary Woodland. Ooh. All right. Who did we leave out, Scotty? That's really good. Um, on the list, let's see. Nobody picked Cantley, did they? Nope. Nobody or picked or Shockley. What about? No, I picked Shockley. No. Um, Scotty, I mean, Scheffler. Scheffler. Yeah. Did anybody pick Rory? Nobody. Usually that's wow. their pick. Yeah. Yes. I don't like Rory. You know that. I can't cheer for him. See. And then Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, Patrick Reed. Those are in the odds. And Reed, and Reed won the tour event back. He won the Farmers, but I think he cheated. You think he cheats all the time. It's <laughs> just hard to not think that way, Kaylee. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. All right, you so, guys, that's it. I that's got it for one our last... show today. 
What's that, Scotty? One last thing. Oh, fired. I'm sorry. Let's, uh, you know, you're going to have an apology because I think it's pronounced Tom Hoagie, not Hogue. So you can apologize next week. Um, Are you sure? Yes. And then, so we need to wish uh, Troy Merritt, Tom Hoagie, and Eric Van Ruyen good luck at the U.S. Open. All guys with Minnesota ties to the area, they all made it through qualifying for the U.S. Open. On golf's longest day, did you watch any of that coverage, you two? I usually do, but I totally forgot about it. Yeah, there's a lot of cool coverage, a lot of cool stories. The stories are just awesome. And that's what I love about that stuff. Like one guy, his sister died in a car crash, his 70-year-old sister, like two months ago. And he was playing great. And so they were telling that story. And I was like, oh, this is, this is the greatest thing about golf. Did you see Ishikawa made it through? Say that name again. Uh, remember, he was good coming back like five, six years ago. Roy Ishikawa from Japan. Yeah, yeah I know where he's like from, the, but I don't recall that. He's the next big thing, and he's been off the map for like five years, and he was, now he's just made it through. And I butchered his first name, so I'm going to have to apologize next time. That's all right. Those tour guys aren't really up on the speed with us, but we do want to wish our guys good luck and uh, we'll hopefully have fun. So Scotty, Kaylee, thank you for a great show. This was Club Pro Chatter Season 4, Episode 5. We'll come to you again in a couple weeks. So, uh, hey, have a great day, everybody. Yep, that's right. We'll have that board updated and the other one to your left shoulder. Have a great day, everyone.